Hi, Sophia here. We're taking a little break for the holidays, so we're re-airing some of our favorite episodes from this past year. This week, we're sharing the Archaeopteryx episode with you again. This is definitely one of my favorite episodes. I mean, how can you go wrong with ancient birds? And we also wanted to let you know that Olivia is a guest on the new episode of Just the Zoo of Us this week, talking about caribou. Just the Zoo of Us is an awesome podcast, so make sure to check it out. We'll leave the link in the description below and on our Twitter and Instagram at Beyond Blathers. We'll be back next week with an actual new episode, but until then, enjoy the Archaeopteryx and happy holidays to you all. Welcome to Beyond Blathers, the podcast where we dive deeper into the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. I'm Sophia Osborne. And I'm Olivia DeBersier. And this week, we're going to be talking about the Archaeopteryx, a really iconic fossil. So when you ask Blathers about the Archaeopteryx, he'll say, Archaeopteryx's feathers led many people to believe it was the progenitor of the birds, Sadly, further evidence indicates it's likely not a direct ancestor, more an evolutionary uncle, if you will. Every time a specimen is found, new theories pop up and new relatives come to roost in the family tree. That's actually like a really good description of what Archaeopteryx is, so good on Blathers for this one. Yeah, and I actually omitted it, but he's like (laughs) realizing in the quote, oh, this might be my ancestor, but then he's like, oh, it's actually more like my uncle. I like that. A little self-reflection there from Blathers. Yeah, no, it's a good, like, in a nutshell summary of how Archaeopteryx works, and it's, like, very confusing, but people are figuring it out, and there's lots more to find. Yeah, so let's dive into it, I guess. It feels weird not to be talking about, like, misogyny yeah. or something but <laughs> I feel like know. we need some like relevant transition thing here like I was just telling Sophia there's some very loud woodpeckers outside of my house right now and this is their ancestor we're talking about kind of sort of so that's our transition that's our our relevant <laughs> our like that's our banter for current today. yeah that that's how it goes also that means Sophia just really overly hot today and it's 30 yeah, degrees it's like heat God. wave i'm just lying in bed i had to close the doors so that like in the windows so that i could actually record but now i'm just roasting it's really stuffy in here yeah us canadians not loving this heat all right on yeah. to the fossil <laughs> all right Let's do it. so yeah i mean archaeopteryx you might know this fossil this is probably like my favorite fossil aesthetically like it's beautiful it's got this what looks like a bird because it's got these gorgeous like angelic wings spreading out and its neck is like craned backwards like one of those like dramatic women in the renaissance paintings (laughs) which is like the dino death pose as they call it so many many dinosaurs are preserved like this because they basically when they die their neck muscles in the back of their neck those ligaments will kind of contract and like pull their neck back so that's why you get that really dramatic appearance i'm doing it right now it looks very glamorous 
except not at all, but <laughs> if you could see me, it would be terrible. So yeah, that's what it looks like. It's in this slab of limestone. And uh, so that's the, that's the most famous depiction of Archaeopteryx, but there have been 11 fossils attributed to Archaeopteryx. The Berlin specimen is the most famous of the fossils. That's the one I'm talking about with the angelic wings. That one was found in 1875, but it was not the first discovery of this animal. The first discovery was in 1862. There are 11 fossils attributed to Archaeopteryx, and one was more recently found to be another similar species, so there used to be 12 fossils that they thought were Archaeopteryx. And overall, they think they found about two to three species within the genus of Archaeopteryx. And kind of as a juicy story behind some of these fossils, one of those specimens, the Maxburg Archaeopteryx, is lost. So they had it. It was discovered in like 1959. And this really like grouchy mine owner guy had it gave it to the museum, and then the museum was like, we'll give you this amount of money. And he was like, no! And he took it, and he hid it under his bed until he died. And then they were like, oh, yeah, we can go in and get it. And they went, and it was gone. So they don't know if he sold it. They don't know if he was, like, so stubborn that he buried it with him. They don't know if someone stole it between when he died and, like, when those people got to his house, because it was apparently just, like, he lived on his own because he was a super grouchy guy. And so maybe someone stole it. So, like, people really hope that maybe it's been stolen and in a private collection somewhere and one day it'll resurface. But right now, there's only, like, pictures of it. So that's kind of some wow. juicy gossip in the paleontology war world. But the first specimen, the London specimen, interestingly enough, was sold to a local doctor, possibly in return for medical services. And then the doctor sold it to the British Museum for £450, which he used for his daughter's dowry. So I think that's kind of interesting because, you know, get some wedding money from that dinosaur, why don't you? And then the Berlin specimen, the famous one, was sold to the same doctor because he was kind of getting a whole bunch of them. And it was sold to him after being exchanged for a cow, apparently. So the cost of a dinosaur is maybe a cow in the 1860s. So I always love the fossil find stories and like yeah. <laughs> how they ended up where they are and how, yeah, what they were exchanged for and all of that. Yeah, it makes me kind of like pine for the days when you could just like find dinosaurs and everything was new and you could just like be a collector. Of course, if you were like, you know, royalty and elite or something like that. But, you know, it just seems like a fun time where there was like the dino wars and everyone's trying to get out there and find what they can. Yeah. It's, it's I don't know, it feels very like in the fairy tales where they'd be like, here's a bean for your cow. And and then it's a magic bean. And then bean. it's a magic bean. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. So you talked about the iconic fossil and what that looks like. Could you talk a bit about what they think that the Archaeopteryx looked like back in the day? Yeah. So, well, I'm not sure what they thought about it back then. I mean, they obviously knew it had feathers. Oh, oh yeah, sorry. I oh. meant um, like what they thought it used to look like when it was alive. Yeah. Oh, oh, like back in the day, like 150 million years ago. Way Super back fair. In the day. Yeah. So this is yeah. way back in the day. Uh, this was a, a Jurassic animal. So back then, what we think 
Archaeopteryx looked like was basically a magpie, except a magpie with teeth. So like kind of nightmare magpie. It had these like sharp small teeth, which are beautifully preserved in a lot of these fossils, which is exciting. It had like a really narrow snout, really enormous eyes. Like if you look at the, the skull, those eyes are, they are popping out. And a long feathered tail, it also had three fingers, so the wings would kind of come off of their little three fingers there. And they had these perching feet, very much like modern birds. And they think, based on finding uh, melanosomes in the fossil, that they were dark colored. So we think they look even more like a magpie because of those dark colors. Interestingly, this is kind of an aside bird fact, but having a lot of melanin in feathers and and also in really any body part is thought to strengthen feathers but also like things like claws so i was learning in class about these owls that have kind of leucistic features which means that they're they're kind of like a little bit albino but not all the way so their claws are kind of white and pale looking and that makes their claws weaker so who knows, maybe their coloring was helpful in keeping their feathers pretty strong. Just a little aside there. Um, That's interesting because it makes me think of, you know, cats have like white see-through claws and then at least Sadie had black claws, although they weren't like, you know, cat claws, but like, yeah. the, like nails, you know? And yeah. I feel like her nails were so, my dog, I feel like her <laughs> nails were so much stronger than like a yeah cat and they claw, probably yeah. honestly were because like most cat claws in the wild they have dark claws like that owl that was partially leucistic like it had damaged claws because they're just not as strong and you're doing a lot of stuff out there you're running all, over all sorts of surfaces and stuff yeah kind of an interesting fact about color in in it matters beyond camouflage and the other thing about these fossils that's really neat is that they're really, really well preserved. I mean, the fact that you can even kind of predict what color these animals were, that's amazing. That's that's so exciting. And where did they find the fossils? Like, where did the Archaeopteryx used to hang out? Where did they hang out? Uh, they're from Germany. So back in the day, 150 million years ago, it was a very arid subtropical habitat, and it actually had toxic lagoons, which is... I was reading some scientist's description of it, and they said it was a jacuzzi of despair. Oh my god! <laughs> Which is my favorite description. What made it toxic? It sounds like, well, I mean, there were some, like, m minerals in it that were toxic, but mainly it was because it was a really arid area. You basically had the sea, which was filling up the lagoons, but they would evaporate quite quickly, so there was a really high concentration of salt in these lagoons. And so that's why they were so inhospitable. And so what would end up happening is animals would wander into the lagoons and die, and then get really well fossilized because they just float to the bottom. And because there weren't like really a lot of decomposers in the lagoon because it was toxic, they would just get sediment layered onto them and they'd fossilize beautifully. So in the place in Germany where all these fossils are being found is a limestone deposit. And this limestone is really, really fine. And so they actually have mined a lot of it for uh, lithographs. And, and because they were looking for these limestone deposits, they ended up going through so many of them and they found a lot of fossils from them. It's not to say that the fossils were super abundant, but because they've gone through so many layers, they've just happened to find a lot of this stuff, including the Archaeopteryx. So you've talked quite a bit about how the Archaeopteryx is, you know, bird-like and Blathers talked about that and the whole kind of ancestor-uncle thing. So... 
Is it a bird or is it a dinosaur? Yeah, I guess that's the question. And oh my gosh, it's such a dramatic story about whether Archaeopteryx is a bird or a dinosaur. So we know now, like, it was the size of a magpie. It was pretty small, covered in feathers. And so scientists and paleontologists tend to refer to it as the first bird. That being said, the line is kind of blurry. It's sort of a matter of, eh, we're going to call it the first bird and that's what it's going to be. So it's kind of both. But... But birds are dinosaurs. So if you call Archaeopteryx a dinosaur, you're not really wrong because everything that has since evolved and is essentially a bird is also a dinosaur. So that makes things a little bit easier. But like I said, it's a very controversial suggestion. At least it was back when this fossil first appeared. It's not now. Now we all just accept that that's the case. But the story of Archaeopteryx is like a century and a half in the making. The idea of Archaeopteryx being a bird and, and the idea of that birds were dinosaurs started way, way back in like 1860 when The Origin of Species was first published. So Darwin figured, okay, well, if evolution is true, there's probably missing links out there, things that will be examples of where evolution kind of broke off into different lineages. And so he knew those existed. So two years later, the first Archaeopteryx was dug up and presented that link. And Thomas Huxley, who was known at the time as Darwin's bulldog for being an adamant supporter of Darwin during a time where he was being criticized a lot for his his thoughts, because they were super not in keeping with the church's thoughts of creation. So Huxley suggested that there was that connection between birds and dinosaurs because he was looking at a dinosaur called Compus Nathus. If I said that correctly, I'm sorry if I didn't. I give up trying to say it right. (laughs) Um, So this was important because at the time they knew that Archaeopteryx was this ancient creature during the Jurassic. So you could easily maybe say, oh, it's a type of pterosaur because it has wings. And pterosaurs were the first vertebrates to develop flight. But pterosaurs are not dinosaurs. They are aerial reptiles, like they're their own thing. So this whole idea of dinosaurs and birds was pretty new. And so that argument went on for a while until about the 1920s when a Dutch artist wrote a book and he basically was like, birds can't be dinosaurs because dinosaurs don't have collarbones and birds have collarbones. And then in the 60s, that turned out to be wrong because dinosaurs definitely have collarbones. So that was kind of, but that was a really long period where people just didn't know and it was super confusing. And also you have to think that way back when they were first discovering dinosaurs, they're imagining these things as like slow, cold-blooded reptiles that were really dumb and like massive. And these days, at least I feel like our generation sees them in the Jurassic Park way, where they're really, really active and fast and smart. And so it's a lot easier for us to compare them with the birds we see outside, which are super smart and energetic. So that whole idea started to change in the 60s, because in about 1969, a paleontologist called John Ostrom found Deinonychus, which was this sort of stereotypical like velociraptor looking thing and what was special about Deinonychus was that it had these really light bones they were hollow it had a very bird-like build with these long arms and like Archaeopteryx it had very similar shoulder and hip bones as well but what they found really interesting about Deinonychus was that it had this claw that stood up like um in Jurassic Park like the velociraptors you know how they go like with their claw 
safe to imagine that. So they were like, uh, this claw is for slashing. So it was probably a really fast predator that slashed its prey to attack it and basically was like eating it live while it ran away. So that started to really change the idea. And this was at a time where dinosaurs were starting to be thought of in different ways. And so that sort of was one of those things that got that ball rolling in that direction. And so it became a lot easier to imagine Archaeopteryx as a bird and also a dinosaur. So at that point, that really sold a lot of people who were already being more convinced about the connection between dinosaurs and birds. That sort of sold it for most people. But the tricky thing was that Deinonychus didn't have any feathers on it, or at least if it did, they weren't fossilized. Because as you can imagine, feathers are pretty light. They decompose really quickly in comparison with things like bones. So it's much less likely that you would find any fossilized. Most people were convinced by this point, but there were still a few people who still needed like more evidence. And that evidence came at the end of the 90s, when in China, a whole bunch of amazing discoveries were made, which were these amazing, oh, you got to Google these. They're these fossils of these fluffy, feathery dinosaurs. Like they look a bit like Archaeopteryx and how small and dainty they are. They're theropod dinosaurs. So these small carnivore looking things. And they have like little black fluffs all around the fossil. It's so pretty. So you have to you have to Google it. I just it made me so happy to see those. So by that point, we were like, okay, birds are dinosaurs, we know this, and we're getting some really cool missing link creatures into the mix. So in the end, in summary, Archaeopteryx is a bird, and all birds are also dinosaurs. And we don't know for sure where Archaeopteryx sits in this family tree, because with every discovery, we're kind of filling in those knowledge gaps. And like Blather said, Archaeopteryx is probably more likely an uncle to the to the birds. But maybe if it hadn't gone extinct, who knows what would have happened. So the birds were, were descendants from some feathery theropod, very likely, that didn't go extinct during that major extinction that killed off all the dinosaurs. I find it so easy to see that birds are dinosaurs when I see herons. Yeah, like, oh my god. They just god. look so prehistoric. We talk a lot about herons on this podcast. They're I, amazing. Like, we love them. <laughs> I honestly do think about them a lot, and I see them quite a bit mm-hmm. here. Yeah, I see them a lot at work. There have been some really beautiful ones flying by, and they're huge. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We're talking about great blue herons. I feel like anyone who's listening, maybe they live in a place with smaller herons. Ours are massive, and they're, yeah, they're, they're intense just so looking. elegant and... No, I, I feel like I look at birds and I'm like, that that checks out. That's <laughs> your dinosaurs. Anyway. Yeah, you talked about how the Archaeopteryx is, you know, thought of as maybe the original or first bird. So to clarify, could it fly? So there's a lot to suggest that it did. For one, those hollow bones. Current birds also have hollow bones. And many of the theropod dinosaurs did too. So that's a good indication of an ability to fly potentially. It also had wrist joints that look a lot like modern birds and arm bones that could have resisted some torsion during flight. So they could have potentially made somewhat of a flapping motion, but they also had really stiff shoulder joints. So they probably couldn't flap well and really only at high speeds. So they were probably gliding a lot of the time. And it's thought that they probably had to take a running start at flying, kind of like a lot of birds we see today. Things like even like chicken and grouse 
and pheasants. That's kind of how it probably flew, like kind of clumsily, not all gracefully like the heron we were talking about. But yeah, so it probably could fly. And also it had a big enough brain for flying potentially. So they're pretty sure that while it may not have flown really, really well, it could most likely fly. And do they know anything else about its behavior? Judging by its teeth, it probably ate a variety of foods. Its teeth were mainly for biting, and so there weren't really any shearing teeth that you usually see in scavengers, so it probably wasn't a scavenger. And also by looking at its eyes and and the very large size of its eyes, it was probably a creature that could hunt at night. So it probably had that ability to see movement in low lighting situations. So overall, I think Archaeopteryx is, for one, a beautiful fossil. Please Google it if you can. It's just gorgeous. Also, I think every time I learn more about Archaeopteryx and the connection between birds and dinosaurs, I just I have so many reasons to appreciate birds already. But now when I see them and I just think, you were once a mighty dinosaur, I just have more reasons to appreciate them. So hopefully you will too, knowing this. And maybe maybe you didn't know that birds were dinosaurs or you'd heard something about it and you weren't sure if it was true because I know that was my case till about like a year ago. I couldn't remember if birds were actually dinosaurs or if that was fake news, but it's real. So yeah, I hope I hope you appreciated learning about that today. No, I, it makes me appreciate birds more for sure when I think of them that way. But yeah, thank you everyone <laughs> for listening and thanks Olivia for telling us all about the Archaeopteryx and this connection between birds and dinosaurs. Please, if you like the show, rate and review us, and don't forget to subscribe. It helps a lot. Definitely subscribe. We'd love to see it. And tune in next week to learn more about the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. Bye! Bye!